Fanatics announced some major news that you might have missed, and I think it says a lot about the future of the sports card hobby. We'll debate now. Card investors, and welcome to another episode of Cards on the Table, our fast paced talk show where we debate important topics around the world of sports cards, including some big news in today's show. And joining me for this debate, Teapot, welcome back, sir. Thank you, sir. Ready to do it. And Doug, are you ready? Born ready. More ready than your basketball team has been. Grow up, Jeff. <laughs> Guys, you might have missed this. There was some really big news that came out of Fanatics right before. Thanksgiving. Actually, there were two big news stories. The first was that they are buying back certain cards from Topps Chrome Baseball and giving you credit at local card shops, specifically the two MVPs, Aaron Judge and Paul Goldschmidt. If you have any of their cards from 2022 Topps Chrome Baseball, you can take them to a local card shop, or if you don't have a local card shop in your area, you can send them off to a national card shop, a couple of select ones, and they're gonna give you $20 in immediate store credit for a base card. These base cards were selling on the secondary market for nowhere near $20. Now, of course, that has changed since this announcement came out. We're gonna show that to you. But you can get $20 in credit for every base card, $40 in credit for refractors, and then if you have a numbered card, you get between $100 and $200 in credit per card at your local card shop. I think this is big news. We're gonna talk about why, but that wasn't the only announcement that Fanatics made. In a separate announcement, they also said that with the new 2022 Bowman Chrome Baseball, you can get any card graded from that set of any value for only $9 with SGC. They created a special partnership with SGC $9 grading for those cards from 2022 Bowman Chrome Baseball. I think these are big advancements in a variety of different ways. Teapot, I'm really curious to hear what you think about this news. I love the initiative. Uh, and let's just jump in and right away and look at what's going on with the wax prices. Yeah. Because to me, if I'm thinking I'm gonna rip a mega box or a blaster box, the odds of getting a Judge or a Goldschmidt should be pretty good in a base card, let alone a parallel. So I, I wanted to see what's happening since the announcement over the last 14 days. It's kind of a mixed bag here. Surprisingly, the hobby box and the jumbo box have actually continued to go down in price. Really? Uh, whereas the mega box, uh, the two mega boxes, and I should mention Logo Fractor is included in this. Mm -hmm. So the, the new Cosmic is not, mm -hmm. but the Logo Fractor product is included. And then, so those are up a little bit, and then up 21% is the blaster box. So I think people are looking at that lower price point and saying, for a $20 box, I might as well snatch it and see if I can get my money back on one base card, yeah, right? Sure. Let alone the parallels. So good value proposition there. And then if we jump over, these are just the base cards for Goldschmidt and Judge. Wow. And you can see, that. you know, this was the day, a dollar, three dollars. The day prior to the announcement, these things were selling for a dollar yep. to three dollars prior to that news yep. breaking. And then some people maybe got the early jump on some stuff. You see a mixed bag of sales on the 23rd, uh -huh. 24th, they spike up and now they're hovering right around 12 to 13 dollars which makes sense because if yeah. you factor in shipping, yeah. you're probably looking at like 17 bucks and well, then people are kind of using that. That's so. one way yeah. to cause the market to go up, that's right? That's right. <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see these prices 
when that expires sure. in like February or sure. whenever it is, right? So um, well, by then, Tops may own them all again yeah. in their accounts. That's, so that's they true. actually may become rare cards that's, at that point, it's, right? It's an interesting phenomenon. So I, I love it. Now, my question from a, a, a LCS owner perspective. It's going to ge generate and stimulate a lot of sales. So you're going to love it in the short term. At the same time, how long are you going to have your cash tied up as a business waiting for tops to turn around their accounts payable to all these businesses? The first half of my professional career was in credit and accounts receivable. Collecting money is a bear. Sure. I hope tops has a finance department that's equipped mm -hmm. to make this seamless and work. Or you could be talking about tens of thousands of dollars outstanding for these businesses. So that's a big thing. I do wonder what kind of communication happened in advance with business owners, with LCSs. Like, is anybody upset about this? I don't know. Overall, it seems like a good thing. And then for the Bowman Chrome SGC thing, I, I want to know who initiated that idea. I would think it was probably SGC. It's smart no matter what. I'm really interested to see what happens with the pop counts on these cards as you know they start coming in from grading from SGC and the other companies. SGC has been turning around really fast. Other companies taking a little bit longer. I don't know if it moves the needle on the higher end stuff because that secondary market value is still so much higher on PSA, but it'll be really cool to see. And overall, I love the ideas. Yeah, I do too. Doug, what do you think? So I reached out to our good friend John at Midwest Cards and talked to him a little bit about this. Um, basically, what he told me was, as far as the buyback program is concerned, it's been amazing for them. Uh, a lot of customers in the store that have never been inside their store before, a ton of online-only businesses now coming into the store. So in that regard, it's really just helped just revitalize kind of around the holiday season uh, traffic within brick and mortar, which I think is awesome. You know, I mean, it's important for us to continue to support our local hobby shops, and this is a really great initiative. My concern was the same as teapots, though, like how long might this money be tied up? There could be thousands and thousands of dollars in store credit that you're giving out with nothing immediately to show for it. So, you know, maybe some smaller hobby shops might not be equipped to, to take on that kind of liability in, in the short term. But, you know, we don't know the details. I'm speculating, obviously. There's no reason for me to necessarily think that Tops isn't going to immediately start paying people out. Um, but the other thing that we're talking about here is the SGC Bowman relationship, and I find it really interesting. So normally, to, to do this process, this five to ten day turnaround with SGC, we're talking between eighteen and twenty-four dollars, depending on how many cards you send them, right? And now we're reducing that all the way down to only nine dollars. And you would think Tops is getting a little cut of this somewhere to incentivize them to, you know, help with this partnership. These margins have to be razor thin, if at all, for SGC. This has got to be maybe just purely marketing, but it seems like they might be taking a pretty big hit on that. I'm not really sure what to think about that, honestly. Well, it definitely it definitely is going to get them a lot of throughput. Yeah. And when you go to a card show, you're now going to see a bunch of 2022 Bowman Chrome cards out there, all SGC graded because of the favorable pricing. So it's definitely good marketing for True. SGC, if nothing else. I think this is brilliant on behalf of Fanatics. I think it's a fabulous thing for the hobby. And I think it sends an awesome message that Fanatics is going to support local card shops, which was a little bit of a question on some card shop owners' minds and some hobby enthusiasts. They were kind of wondering, is Fanatics just going to go entirely direct to consumer and cut card shops out? Now, from day one, Fanatics has said the right things, which is that they're not going to do that, that they're going to support card shops. They just put their money where their mouth is in a big way. And in this period of time right now, where the card market has declined this year and it declined more in the last couple of months, what a way to give it a little bit of burst and steam and momentum before the year ends. Yep. I love it. I love it. I could sit here and talk about that for a long time, but we're out of time because we got to get onto other important topics as well. But shout out to Midwest Cards. You mentioned them. I might need to go pick up a couple of those Topps Chrome yeah, no hobby kidding. boxes 
from Midwest Cards, considering that those are actually seem to be a pretty good value right now with this promotion going on. All right, guys, we need to jump into our next topic, but before we do, two other really, really special announcements for you. First of all, I want to remind you that the virtual holiday here on our Sports Card Investor channel is next Tuesday and Wednesday night. We have more than $20,000 worth of giveaways, thanks to Midwest Cards. eBay Collectibles is our presenting sponsor, and eBay has done a fabulous job of showing support for this. We have an amazing array of guests. Mark your calendars Tuesday and Wednesday night here the Sports Card Investor Channel, 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time next Tuesday and Wednesday night. The second thing is the Mint Collective, which is an awesome show in Vegas, a card show that brings together many of the leaders from the industry. It's more than a card show. They've got incredible panels and discussions, and a lot of the major hobby leaders and influencers are there. Tickets just went on sale. That show is in Vegas, March 30th to April 2nd, during the, the Final, Final Four. Four in Vegas. You won't see Kentucky there. Sadly, you probably won't see Florida there either. You probably won't see Michigan State there. You might. Yeah, might. yeah, yeah. But, you know, we'll get a go, like, watch Virginia, you know, score 13 points per game. Uh, but, you know what? We're going to have fun anyway in Vegas, and I hope that you're there. The Mint Collective, March 30th through April 2nd. You can go get your tickets now. Okay, let's move on to the next topic, guys. And this is around NFL trending cards and their current market. So this, this, this actually goes back to a data dive episode that you did on the Market Movers channel, not this last weekend, but the weekend prior, uh, prior to Thanksgiving, where you were talking about the NFL card market and what different cards have done. We've seen some fall-offs with some of the top guys in the market, right? Some of the guys that were red hot coming into the season, your Justin Herberts and your Joe Burrows. We've seen some fall-offs. How has, how has it trended overall? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to do a mid, midway checkpoint, sure. right? And it wasn't very good. Very few players were up. It was like Travis Etienne's prices were up, and that was it a couple of weeks ago. Things have changed a little bit since then. And so here I'm showing just the, the Market Pulse update here. Last 90 days, SCI 500 down 11%. The football from 2010 to 17 down 14%. And 2018 to 20 down 24%. Some big disappointments in that group overall uh, in terms of some of the quarterbacks and other positional players. So big hits down in football. Again, we're seeing this phenomenon, or not phenomenon, but sort of a market dynamic and paradigm now where players' prices just mostly aren't spiking during you know the season, whether it's football or even basketball right now. We're having huge performances in basketball, and prices aren't going up on a lot of these guys. So if I jump over and look at the price movements, last 90 days now, for some reason, Taysom Hill's cards are still up, even though he hasn't been doing much lately. They were pretty low to start with, but Tony Pollard, He's been breaking out and sort of replacing Ezekiel Elliott. James Robinson maybe starting to get a little love because of the injuries with the Jets after that trade. Uh, Charles's boy, Heineke. Taylor Heineke, Taylor look at Heineke. that. Heineke, it was always Taylor Beat Heineke. Beat our Falcons this last yep. week. Not yep. hard to do. And but then, he did. Uh, you know, my boy Hawkinson, who was given away for a bag of peanuts to the yep. Vikings playing well. Kirk Cousins finally playing in primetime and doing all right. And you see some other names here. I mean, you'd expect this with Tyreek, Kelsey, Jordan Love, Josh Jacobs. Other than that, yeah. not a lot of guys uh, really moving upwards. There, there, go back to the uh, graph comparison. There's, there's a little bit of a bright spot, and that is that if you look at that football index from 2010 through 2017, and you look at the last 30 days, yep. it's actually gone up quite a bit in the last 30. It was just down a lot before then, right? That's pretty positive over the last 30 days. That's true. Uh, Patrick Mahomes of your Kansas City Chiefs. That's He's right. been playing really well. His cards are trending up. Him, Kelsey, That's right. they're helping lift that index. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Doug, anything from this jump out at you? 
Well, you know, we've had similar conversations to this on this show in the past, and I've always reiterated kind of the same thing, right? That I'm, it always makes me scared to invest in football players during the season. It's so volatile. One game, one play could just ruin everything. And I've always preached, I tend to go with Wax. It seems safer. But Wax hasn't really done that well either during this period of time. It's seen a lot of the same trend lines. So I don't seem as smart as I hoped that I would with that pick. Uh, however, I think it's just more so right now indicative of the overall market, the overall sports card hobby, right? I think a lot of people are seeing some of these downward trends across the entire market. Maybe they're afraid to go and make these investments right now or afraid to pick these players up. Even though it's typically smart to buy on a dip, I think there's just a lot of people that might be worried, like, when's the, when does it bottom out, right? When does it start to come back up? So I think there's just a lot of hesitance right now, and, and for various reasons, and I hope that once the new year hits or maybe people get some Christmas spending money after the, you know, after Christmas is over, things start to come back up. Traditionally, that does seem to work out for us a little bit, but time will tell. And, you know, right now, I don't know the answer. When in doubt, invest in Jared Lorenzen. That's right. Otherwise, uh, you know, you can always go with the Chiefs. Uh, you could go with the Chiefs. So I, I think the way we solve this, Doug, is I think Panini needs to follow Topps' lead and they need to do a buyback. Buy Kellen Mond buybacks. <laughs> All the Kellen Mond cards. Will Greer buybacks. Will Greer buybacks. <laughs> Carry them into your local card shop. Sell them to your local card shop. $100 for, for a Kellen Mond base card. So you own about every Will Greer card, as far as I know. Would you be participating in a buyback? or I That's, love, a, that's still my, a long hold. I love my Will Greer card. Still a long hold? He's the third stringer for Dallas. I'm with you. I just need to take Dak's legs out and... You know, there's hope. Cooper Rush. There's hope. To Cooper Rush needs to away. fall off a bridge, and you know, man, so much violence. Someday, <laughs> someday. You're wishing, wishing I don't know. harm on people. I don't know. By the way, shout out to Market Movers because the uh, charts you got, you saw. That's all, of course, for Market Movers. Uh, the Market Pulse and everything. And shout out to the Market Movers YouTube channel where Teapot did a much deeper dive the week before last into football card prices. So check that out as well. All right, guys, we'll be right back. back and go download that free sports card investor app in the app store on your phone. All right, Doug, I'm going to go to you next with this next topic. This is from our mailbag. One of our viewers wanted to know our tips for collecting on a tight budget. I, I know on this show, I like to talk about high-end cards. I go to card shows. I, you know, sometimes overspend a little bit, buy some really nice cards. Uh, but there's one thing that I love about the sports card hobby is there's all range of different cards for different collectors. You could have just as much fun buying cards out of a dollar bin and flipping cards for three or four bucks on ComC as you can, you know, dropping $10,000 in some, you know, high-end numbered refractor card, right? Collecting on a budget, Doug, how, how do you approach that? So I think it's really important to be realistic about kind of what your goals are as far as collecting when there's, you know, not a lot of capital behind you. And I think, um, you know, you want to measure your risk tolerance really carefully. 
So one of the things you want to do is you don't want to try to hit home runs. You have to be careful with prospecting. You can't really take a lot of risks on a guy who may or may not ever blow up. Just be, you know, you, you have to hit singles, not home runs, right? Uh, you mentioned Comsi, a great resource for going out and grabbing bulk singles, things of that nature. And I know this is not typically very good investment advice. I know this. But joining breaks... If you can find the right balance of, you know, maybe like a, a pick your team format, right? Find a low price team in a case break or something like that, where you're able to accumulate a lot of cards. Excuse me, accumulate a lot of cards uh, for a cheap team. Then maybe you can start working on, you know, grading some of those raw cards, and then you can start to trade up a little bit. And there's avenues to start to slowly increase that. Um, but I would say, you know. Also look for maybe ways to avoid fees. Like some of these marketplaces have pretty high fees. You know, ComC is a great place to do business. Uh, MySlabs can be a nice place to do business and, and avoid some fees. But how about going out to trade nights or your local card shop and, and kind of, uh, you know, avoiding some of that stuff as well. So, you know, just be educated on all your different marketplaces and avenues and, and, and ways to, you know, arbitrage. Go, go through dollar bins right yeah. now and see if you can find any 2022 Topps, Chrome, Aaron Judge, or Paul Goldschmidt cards that are still in those dollar bins. They're probably out there. Yeah. Go flip them for 20 bucks in store credit at your local card shop. A lot of good suggestions from Doug. T-Bot, do you have any more to add? You know, Dr. James Beckett, hobby legend, he says he now spends his time in the dollar bins. Mm -hmm. If you see him at a card show, he's probably at the dollar bins. He He's seen it all. He's ha He has awesome cards. He has some really great ones, but he likes going through that lower level because that's sort of the grassroots movement of the hobby, and that's where a lot of kids start, and that's a lot of what you pull from packs. The good news about cheaper cards is that they actually hold their price pretty well. If you buy a dollar card, a dollar 90s insert of Gary Payton or something, that card's not going to crash. Like It's not going to just go to zero unless literally the hobby gets destroyed and falls apart. It'll just sort of move with general dollar inflation over time, so you can feel sort of good about that in terms of if you just want a really fun PC, you can get a lot of those cards. You can also buy lots if you're into that. You know, go, go look for something. Somebody's got a $100 lot of cards and you're willing to put in the time. Maybe you're short on capital, but you have some time. You can do that. Um, do your research. Be very selective. And use the Market Movers deal search Ooh. in Market Movers or the SCI app, which is totally free, to look for deals. You come in here and you can put in, I put in Zion Williamson. And here's cards that are 24, 25%, 20% cheaper than last sales comps. So something really valuable there too, just to find really good deals using data from our free app or paid market movers um, can really help you find some good opportunities. There's, there's great suggestions from both you guys. There's also a lot of opportunity to find raw cards that are in really good condition, get them graded. If you're willing to put in the time, if you're willing to put in the, the work, those opportunities exist for you then to be able to flip them up, get additional money and help build your collection that way. And you could start by doing that by looking for five or $10 raw cards that are grade worthy. And now that grading prices have come down, doesn't take a lot of money to go acquire a few raw cards, send a few off for grading. If you get a 10 or two back, you can probably make your money back on the whole lot and then go and, and roll that into some more items for your collection. Visit our website. Click on grading in the main menu bar. There you go. There you go. Our grading service will help you out at sportscardinvestor.com slash grading. All right. Second topic suggested by the viewers, how to get more kids into the sports card hobby. This is something we are very, very passionate about here at Sports Card Investor. Obviously, I have uh, two sons who do this with me, uh, an 11-year-old Reeves, a 7-year-old Harrison. They're, he's actually 8 now, 8-year-old Harrison. They uh, and they're, they do. They do grow fast. Teapot, I know you've got a son, a Roman, who, who is a little younger but is starting to show yeah. you know, a little bit of interest. Right? How are you going to nurture him in to be the next great Teapot? Haha, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got big shoes to fill. 
Nine and a half. Uh, yeah, so you know, you, you can try a whole bunch of things and see what sticks with them, right? Every child's different. That's one thing I know Reeves and Harrison are very different. My oldest and my second are very, very different. Uh, but I, they always love ripping packs. Who doesn't love ripping packs? What are you going to discover? There's something very psychological about that. So you have a lot of fun. I think enthusiasm is huge. Just, wow, you hit a great card. It doesn't have to be a million-dollar card. Uh, you can hit a, you know, a dollar card, but it's like very cool. As they get older, talking about pack odds and things like that, going through that grading process. I know I've enjoyed seeing Reeves get back cards from grading in that moment of suspense and jubilation or, or feeling defeated, but that's part of it. And then getting into trading uh, and finding a good way for them to have a PC, something that they really get behind. It doesn't, it's kind of like let them do what they want, maybe separate the kind of like entrepreneurial spirit of it from the pure collecting aspect, but that really has to be the foundation if they're going to do it long term is like they need to just enjoy it and, and have it be more than just like how do I hustle and make money to get a car when I'm 16 or something, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that either. Doug, thoughts from your end? Well, obviously I would defer to the experts on this, but I would think a really important key to this is to play into their interest, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like you can just force collecting upon somebody or, you know, like you did with Reeves, you made him collect Florida Gators cards and now he's ruined. But, you know, if you were able to let them kind of go their own way, like Harrison, it probably is going to start with maybe non-sports, get into Pokemon or something yeah. first. Uh, and then, you know, let it build from there. But I think there's a lot of great options. I think what we mentioned earlier in, in all of our tips on buying on a budget, would play into this as well. Um, but I also think, you know, consuming content together. Kids, you know, I think are probably more visual now. They've always got access to some type of screen, right? So, you know, watch, you know, Card Kids, for instance, or watch pack openings and kind of get a feel for what they sort of gravitate towards and, and you know, help facilitate that. Absolutely. I found with my kids, trading is a huge thing. Kids love to trade. And I think back to my childhood, when I was doing this, when I was in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, it was always about trading for me. Like I did so much trading in the schoolyard on the bus on the way to school. And that's where I've really seen like Reeves in particular, like he lights up when he gets to go to a card show, when he gets to meet he other- He loves to trade. He loves to trade and meet other kids and get to do trade deals. Like kids love that, right? And it's a great way it's a great way for that just to, to bring them into cards. So I, I highly encourage that. Really cool thing would be if they're of a certain age too, give them like a hundred dollar credit on Comsi mm -hmm. and let them buy. Mm -hmm. There's no friction there in terms of the buy sell. So let them try to like find good deals, relist them, see if they can make money after 30 days. Like that could be a fun way to keep them engaged too. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Awesome. These were great topics guys, but we need topics from you for next week's show. So go into the YouTube comments right now and leave us a topic that you'd like us to talk about next week. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, please like. Check out our virtual sports card con brought to you by eBay next Tuesday and Wednesday nights, live 8 p.m. Eastern time. And we'll see you soon with our next episode. Take care.